Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. Today, I am with my best friends of more years than we will admit, the keeper of everything at RTI, well, not everything, but most things at RTI Publishing, my right-hand woman, Juanita Wooden-Racco. And at the time of this recording, it's two days before a very special birthday. So (laughs) happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, my best friend. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kim. So glad to be here. This is an exciting episode. So today, Juanita is going to interview me because my author to authority book is going to be coming out very soon. So I wanted to do this episode and just talk about what the book launch looks like. It's not something that we've really done a lot on this show, the actual book launch. So I wanted to talk about it and the process that I am going through. And of course, I'm going to invite you to, you know, get an advanced copy of the book at the end. So if you're interested in finding out more about how you can, you know, kind of be a beta reader and get it before everyone else, well, you'll just have to wait and listen. So, Juanita, I'm going to hand it over to you today. Great. Congratulations on the upcoming release of Author to Authority, Kim. I'm really excited for you, and I think this will be fantastic. So I thought I'd start us off with some background questions. This is not the first book you've written. How many books have you written before Author to Authority? There was probably five or six, seven books. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of lost track. So I I had a bunch of books when I was in network marketing that I wrote. I also did two planners for that. I did a whole series of Sudoku books just because I wanted to learn how to make them. So I've got a few of those up on Amazon. Um, Behind me up there, I've got my 31 productivity hacks for the busy entrepreneur. And that's not available on Amazon. That's a book, a special book that I give away uh, for people who join my classes and courses and things like that. And um, how many client books have I written? 150, 200. Okay, I've wor- I've probably written at least 100 of them myself and worked on the rest. So I don't know. It's a pretty big number. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get down to talking about Author to Authority. Who do you see is the typical reader for this book? So if you're an entrepreneur, you're a professional, you're a speaker, you're a coach, 
and you're looking to build your business bigger, better, stronger, faster for all of those $6 million fan, dollar man fans out there, if you're old enough to remember that show, um, it's really about how to use authority marketing um, to increase your business. And that's something that in some ways is hard to do, but it's also some ways that's easy to do. When you have a book like this, what um, what do you need to consider for a book launch? You've done all the writing, you've gotten it edited, and you've had it proofread. And do you just throw it up on Amazon and poof, there it is? <laughs> well, first of all, it's got to be formatted. So there, there's the next step. And uh, by the way, uh, it should almost be a co-author book because Juanita was my main editor. And so anywhere where you see in the book some special razzle-dazzle, that's her delicious language added in. It's not a field of dreams. I really wish it was because that would make life so much easier. You know, you just throw a book up on Amazon and all of a sudden, you you know, you're this international best-selling author and people are coming out of nowhere to you know, to, to want to buy your stuff and interview you and all these wonderful things, but it doesn't work like that. I always talk about a book as being two things. It's a positioning tool. So it positions you as that authority in your niche because you've proved it. You've written the book on it. But secondly, it's also a marketing tool. So you notice I use the word tool in there. And a tool is only as good as how much you use it. A tool that sits in the toolbox and is never used is nothing. And it's the same with your book. So, you know, if if you're writing this book and you're like, okay, I just want to get it out there. I just want to put it up on Amazon. The hardest part's done. No, the easiest part is done. Now you have to start. (laughs) I know, Winita's thinking, that's the that's the easy part is getting all of this done because she she's the one who works on all of these projects and keeps them going and you know deals with all the clients so she's smiling because you can't see it on the podcast but she's just got this huge grin and I'm like yeah I know what she's thinking <laughs> <laughs> but it really is a tool that you have to use and um, you know one of our well, we've got lots of favorite clients, but one of our favorite clients, Larry Levine, um, when he published his book, his first book a couple of years ago, and we're now working on book two, um, he spent a lot of time focusing in on getting that book into people's hands. Now, some he gave away, some he sold, but he was constantly promoting it and he was constantly talking about it. You know, it became part of his main platform for promoting himself. And he was getting sales throughout. So it wasn't like all of a sudden, you know, he had no sales and then he went to massive amounts of sales. He was selling this book throughout, but it was about the 18 month point of just really promoting this, promoting it, promoting it, getting it out there, getting out of there, talking about it, you know, giving away free copies, you know, the whole kit and bull selling copies, all of that, that the book really took off. And, you know, it has now really catapulted him and his career and his business. And it has changed everything for him by having that book. But he didn't just buy copies and they sat in a box in his garage. You know, he was using those copies to make connections, to share his expertise, to share his message. 
you know, he was always posting about it on social media, not in a bragging way, but in a, a sharing way, like, here's my knowledge, here's my expertise, I want to help you, right? And so when you're looking at, you know, launching this book, you have to take into consideration that this is a long-term game. So, you know, you've got your initial launch, and that's usually to hit some sort of status on Amazon. But then, you know, you're, what are you going to do with the book after that? So I was going to actually ask you uh, to clarify for our audience the difference between just talking about your book versus promoting your book and talking intentionally about your book as opposed to, oh, yeah, I wrote a book. Uh, will you pass a cream cheese, please? You know, something like <laughs> you're out at lunch somewhere having bagels and cream cheese, I guess. <laughs> so you actually want to do both. You know, you just want to talk about your book in, in casual conversation, right? Like if you're talking to someone and your book applies, then bring it up. You know, it's okay to talk about it, to talk about things that you put in your book, those kinds of things. That That's okay to do. And you should be talking about your book. But when it comes to promoting your book, you want to be very intentional about it. So there's lots of different ways that you can do that. Um, you know, some of the easy ways are just pulling out quotes from your book and making little quote graphics on canva.com, which is a free program. You can also get the upgraded one, which gives you lots of cool tools like instant resizing. So if you know, if you wanted to put, you can get like a square one for your Instagram and Facebook and um, you know, you can instantly resize and have the long vertical ones for your Instagram story and your Pinterest and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, upgrading does have its benefits, but if you're just getting started, you can use the free Canva, you know, and just do everything manually. And just pull quotes out. You know, they've got lots of templates there that you can use. If you want a variety of templates, you can also go to designbundles.net and uh, you can purchase uh, Canva templates for social media there. So, you know, that's just a great way to get it out there and just maybe post a quote each day. So that that's one simple way that you can be intentional about getting your book out there. So... A, an example of a promotion would be your quote done in a beautiful font, beautiful background that you made on one of those platforms that you mentioned, and you would put it on another social media platform like Facebook, Pinterest, or uh, Instagram. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, you can either talk about the quote, you know, what it means, or you can even talk about, you know, how you felt when you wrote that part of the book. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's there's different things that, that you can do in terms of that. But, you know, put the quote up and then give a little bit of an explanation around the quote. And that's that's promoting it. Right. So another thing you can do, and I'm in the process of doing this with my book, is you can actually create long form social media content. So I've been taking, you know, blurbs like, you know, a few paragraphs at a time. Now, I'll just I'll just grab sort of a section. And I will post that and, you know, I've got pictures and you can, um, you can get, there's a lot of places where you can get royalty free commercial use images. Um, I tend to use depositphotos.com, you know, throughout the year, they have a hundred for a hundred dollars. So there are free ones, but you have to be careful about using free ones for that kind of use, especially if you're promoting something. So I recommend that you use a paid service and pay for them because it gives you a little bit more copyright protection. Uh, 
And so I've just been doing that. And I get a lot of response on that. I get a lot of people who read the little blurb and respond to it. And then at the end, I promote, you know, uh, sign up for, you know, the first two chapters of the book for free. So those are small ways. And then there's bigger ways. You know, you can apply to be on, to be a trainer or workshop speaker or, you know, get on stages, do Facebook lives, Instagram lives, you know, just be interviewed, get on podcasts. You know, your book opens up into doors for you that it's not that you, those doors won't open for you without a book, but let's just say that they open up a lot easier. You know, instead of you having to really go knock, 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 you kind of go knock, knock. And the person looks, you go, oh, you have a book. Let's interview you. Right. So it's it's. Makes your life bigger, better, stronger and faster. (laughs) It it gives you a certain amount of uh, credibility and. I leaning towards towards the word gravitas, which yes and no, it depends on, I think that's very dependent on the individual's personal branding because I'm thinking of some of our clients and some of them exemplify gravitas and others are more dynamic and energetic rather than reserved so I wouldn't say that uh, say that is an accurate uh, description for everyone but it does give you a great deal of credibility mm-hmm. so and we love all of our clients you know absolutely we love, we love the quiet ones and then we've got some that are not so quiet and that's cool too <laughs> that just means they are speaking to their target audience in those mm-hmm. voices right I thought we could dig a little deeper into the message of your book, but I wanted to check in with you if you had more to say specifically about what a book launch is about. Yes, I didn't get to a couple of the other points. One of the ways that you can do a book launch is to use your network of people. And most people don't think about this. So, you know, they'll do a book launch and they'll ask a few family and friends and Of course, those few family and friends, but there is a whole group of people out there who will gladly and lovingly support your book launch. So when you're thinking of launching your book, you want to go out to that extended network of people that, you know, go through all your Facebook friends, you know, anyone who you think, you know, would buy the book, but mostly people who you think would really enjoy the book and just make a list. You know, if you have a couple thousand Facebook friends with most A lot of people do, not everybody, but, you know, go through all of those friends and just reconnect with them. Maybe you haven't talked to them in a while. So start a conversation and, you know, the conversation isn't, you know, will you buy my book? Conversation is, hey, how are you doing? You know, and as you update each other, you kind of mention your book and you can say, you know, I'm looking for either beta readers or people to help me with my launch. You know, when I wrote this book, you were one of the people I was thinking of, you know, I'd love to have your help and your support. So you want to make it a goal to, you know, have that 100 to 200 people that will help you support you in your book launch. And one of the ways to best handle that is if you have an autoresponder and get them to sign up for your email list, because then you're not sending out hundreds of emails, you know, copy and paste, whatever you send the email out once it goes out to everyone. And that's what I have been doing. 
But you got to remember that, you know, everyone who signs up is not going to. So if you want to ensure that you have 100 people buying your book during your book launch, then, you know, have 200 people say yes. And you'll probably get 100 to 150 who will actually do what you ask them to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So always over. Back when I was in network marketing and they talked about having home parties. You know, if you wanted 10 people at your home party, you needed to invite 40 to 50 because only about a quarter would show up. So, you know, people have great intentions in that, but something happens, they can't do it. You know, sometimes bad things happen, right? It's not, they had every intention of helping you. So you always want to have more than what you need by at least one and a half times, if that makes sense. That's a big number. I, I think that's important for people to take into account. That's one of those things that you think, oh, no, I know that Fran has my back. She'll be there for sure. But then her sister from Alberta calls and says, oh, my goodness, my house is flooded. I need your help. Can I come and stay with you for a week? Well, <laughs> you know, that trumps whatever good intentions Fran had to help me out. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is understanding your numbers too, right? Like if your goal is to be international bestseller, then, you know, that's two countries that you have to hit bestseller in, in at least one category each. So, you know, you want to make sure that you um, know your numbers and that you pick good categories. Now that's not in the scope of this podcast, but I will say that there are, if you Google it, there are softwares out there that will help show you approximately how many you need to sell on Amazon.com to hit bestseller. And Amazon.com is always the big beast. Mm-hmm. You know, other countries, maybe a quarter of, usually a quarter of that number. So, you know, it's the big one is Amazon.com. Um, that's where you really want to reach it. Like I'm here in Canada, so I will do Amazon.com and Amazon.ca. I was playing a game with my daughters the other day it's a geography game which as kim knows is not my strong suit (laughs) and with these cards you have the flags of the countries and they have statistics about it and the idea is the the country with um like the biggest you you choose one of the statistics whether it's like geographical size or population or whatever and you're or a number of neighboring countries might, then you're supposed to say, okay, who can beat, I don't know, we'll say 56,000 square kilometers uh, for country size. And when uh, we're playing and like the third card I draw is the world's smallest country, Vatican City. And, and, and I'm like, oh no. And Jade says, who can beat my population? And she's got China. And so <laughs> she's got like, I don't know, 1.9 billion people. And I'm like, it's like 0.8K. And then she's like, <laughs> you know, this would be the one time when you could find having that low number. It's like, there's 800 people in a population of, in Vatican City. All that tells me is that my high school, our high school had like nearly the population of Vatican City. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And, <laughs> so all that to say is like, 
that would be really useful. That game I could go and it's like, I could, it would be easier to achieve like international bestseller status if we were counting Vatican City because it only had 800 people. (laughs) You know, like 20 people is a large percentage of the population population. in that country. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, well, maybe maybe we need to broaden the experiment. Learn my geography for uh, finding what English-speaking countries will <laughs> with the smallest population. What is that? Um, the the British island, the Falkland Islands, or something? <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Sorry, Kim, I took us down a little rabbit hole there. Actually, but it got me thinking about something, and that's the fact that you, you know, there are so many categories out there that are really small. And, you know, it's a matter of finding them. There's still a category, but there's categories, you know, sometimes where you might only need 10 or 20 book sales to hit international bestseller for that day, right? So it's not always about going for the really big categories where you have to sell, you know, 300 to 1,000. There's a lot of small, really nice, you know, niched or niche, I can never remember which way I'm supposed to say it as a Canadian categories that that you can really shine in so you know that kind of brought up a really good point there my friend (laughs) so what would be an example like does it have to be weird like um underwater basket weaving for left-handed flautists kind of thing i'm number one in that category (laughs) i mean we talk about (laughs) getting very targeted how how targeted (laughs) do we have to get So let's take example with the first books I wrote Mm -hmm. at MLM and network marketing. That's kind of a small niche in itself. It's actually a big, a little bit bigger, but it's a small niche. So you might, you might go business. um, You might go then entrepreneurship. um, You know, then you might go um, home-based business and then it might go, you know, MLM network marketing. Right. So, you know, it's applicable to your book. And it's Mm -hmm. applicable to the main theme of your book. Like, so each category in of itself has different subcategories. So like under entrepreneurship, there's um, uh, women in business. And then there's subcategories under women in business. So you can can niche down and still have it very relevant for your book, um, but not be in the big, huge categories where you need tons and tons and tons of sales. Oh, that's good to know. That and it doesn't sound as hard hearing you say that. Well, of course, it's, if I was like doing a Google search and I was thinking about a recipe for um, strawberries, well, I would be like, I would probably put in um, easy, quick recipe strawberry recipes um and then i might put strawberry shortcake strawberry uh rhubarb pie you know like get Mm. get it more targeted because and that doesn't it wasn't a real head scratcher to come up with uh, even desserts Mm -hmm. you know i don't want strawberry soup right (laughs) (laughs) that's weird (laughs) now over the years there have been people who have gamed the system right Mm -hmm. found you know like that obscure category that you were referring to and use that, but you don't want to do that. First of all, because Amazon's become a whole lot wiser to it. 
And, you know, secondly, you want to be honest in it. So the nice thing with Amazon right now, too, is that you can get up to 10 categories. Now, it will only show the first two or three. um, But after the book's published, you can apply for up to 10 categories. So you can find a lot of really good, nice, you know, little niches that you can um, tuck your book in. And so here's here's just a little Amazon KDP publishing thing, uh, hint and tip. You always want to, you know, get your book up early, uh, get a few sales in so that it it generates and it shows you what categories Amazon picked for you because they don't tell you just because you ask for certain categories doesn't mean Amazon put you in those certain categories. What? (laughs) They decide where you want to go. And then sometimes you're quite surprised. I'm like, yeah, uh, no. uh, What the heck? Like <laughs> underwater basket weaving for left-handed floaters. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, and then you're trying to change it last minute before your book launch. So always have your book up ahead of time. So you say early, um, you're meaning if, if my book launch was September 30th, I would actually want to have my KDP. So that's uh, what Kindle digital something. Kindle direct pu- publishing. Oh, Kindle Direct Publishing. So the ebook version, I'd want to have that uploaded like what, even a week before my real launch date? Probably 10 to 15 days if you can. Wow. Okay. I didn't know it was. You just want to be on the safe side. So what happened last year and we, we, I, I went through a lot of not good days. Um, (laughs) Normally when you publish a book, your Kindle book, it's up the next day, right? It, there's not a long approval process for it. Print books are usually up, you know, within two days because it goes through a whole review process to ensure the quality is there. Um, last year in Winita, you'll remember this. We had a client launching, we had two or three clients launching their book. And for one of the clients, um, it took 10 plus days to get their print book up because everything had slowed down at Amazon. And literally the day before the launch, we are begging Amazon to mm-hmm. publish this book. Yep. Clicking refresh, <laughs> refresh, refresh, refresh. Come on, you please. Know, I mean, the client had to keep calling Amazon saying, listen, my book launches is, is tomorrow, right? Um, the one client, I think it took 14 days. Yeah. So, you know, Amazon's not, they try to be user-friendly, but they're not always, and things can happen, right? So you're better off to have your book up published sitting there so that you know you know that it's ready for your book launch that is good advice one of the things that um we had to do just going back to that one of the surprises that i remember was uh the difference differences between canada and the united states when purchasing isbn codes the i know that isbn stands for international serialized book number that barcode that's on everybody's book if it's been published unless it's been published at your local kinkos (laughs) kind of thing uh there's a a few steps to to doing that like have you got an isbn number kim tell us about that gee um i guess that's on my list of things to do thank you for reminding me (laughs) I, 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 I might have already registered the book, so I'm not sure. I'll have to go check. 
Um, so yeah, it is different in Canada, United States. In the United States, you have to buy your ISBN number. It's about for one of them, it's 125, but I think you can buy like 10 for 250, something like that. Um, so your book has to have your ebook not doesn't necessarily have to have an ISBN number. Your print book absolutely must have an ISBN number. So um, now with Amazon, you can have them assign an ISBN number for you for free, but then you can only really publish that book on Amazon. I remember the ISBN takes long. We, we want to tell them that the ISBN is not just a fill in the form and poof, there you get it. You have to actually have a, a little bit of a wait time so that they're aware of that. Well, in the United States, it's almost instantaneous because you're buying it. Oh, I see. In Canada, though, you apply to the government of Canada to the archives, library archives. Yeah, National Archives, archives and yeah. Library. And they will assign it to you, but it's not always instantaneous. So um, that is on my list to check today. So are you going to get a Canadian ISBN because yeah. you publish in Canada? Yes. Um, I can still get the American one if I want to because it's more of a, a worldwide one. But the Canadian one works just as well. And to me, it's a perk of being Canadian that I don't have to pay for this thing. Right. Right. So that's uh, good for our Canadian listeners to be aware of that uh, it's part of your taxpayer dollars at work is that you can, you can get your own. So you want to make sure that you have some lead time with this, right? How long were you saying is a wise... I don't remember because it's been a while since we've done it. So at least 10 business days. I would think so. Yeah. I'm probably going to have to go on there today and, and deal with that. So we're actually coming up to about the half an hour point. And I know there's more that we wanted to talk about today, but I think let's do this over two episodes uh, because there's more that I want to share and I can't do it in like two to three minutes. (laughs) Sounds good, Kim. So if you've been enjoying this conversation and you want to become a beta reader for the book, and so my author to authority audience, you guys get all get a chance to be a beta reader and get the book ahead of time. I want you to email me at Kim at author to authority.com. If you email me, I will send you the link to get on to be a beta reader uh, for this book. So Juanita, thank you so much for your wonderful interviewing of me today. (laughs) And we'll continue this on the very next episode. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift that I would love to give you. Coming out this year, I am releasing my book, Author to Authority. And if you are an entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business owner, professional coach, or speaker, and you want to find out how to gain visibility and how to build your business bigger, stronger, faster, then I recommend that you download a free sample of the Author to Authority book, at www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book. 
it's going to be a great resource for you that teaches the author to authority concept and the six key areas that you build authority in and how you can use a book to do it all faster. So don't forget, get your free copy today.